0: Join us as we venture beyond the pen and celebrate the power of the written word. Hello, everybody, we are back. We are live, and I am trying to, uh, we're, we're dealing with a lot of technical difficulties, but it's okay. It's okay. We are here. We are back. We are live, and I know I said that twice, but I hey, I'm excited about that. Okay, my name is Maccabee, Mac for short, and this lovely lady next to me is Miss.
1: I am Chels, or CR Rice if you follow the realm.
0: There you go. Let's see
1: what personality we get today.
0: Exactly. That's why I always leave that like spot right there for <laughs> you, just in case.
1: Depending Welcome on who to I feel like I'm being. huh? Depending on who I feel like being that day.
0: Exactly, exactly. Welcome to Beyond the Pen. If this is your first time being here, thank you for joining us. We give you everything you need in terms of tips, tricks, trends in the publishing world, and give you somebody who's actually done it, besides Miss Chelsea here. Uh, I said besides. Uh, We wanted to give you examples of people who have successfully, if I can speak, Uh, Publish their books, and we want to always tell them about, give them a chance to tell you about themselves, their books, but most importantly, the story behind the story, so we can help you unleash your creativity. And this week, or today in this episode, I should say, we are following up with what what did we talk about on the previous episode, Miss Chelsea?
1: Well, last episode, if you listened to us on Tuesday, or maybe you're catching up on the weekend, so what you just listened to was all about some marketing insights that we gave you guys. Mm -hmm. Everything from choosing the right tags and genres for your books and when you make your ads, to protecting yourself from those fake scammer ads. If it sounds too good to be true, it always is. And the importance of adding triggers to your novels or your novellas, or any writing that you do, because the last thing you want to do is make your readers angry by catching them off guard, unless you're supposed to.
0: True. So disclaimers are always good, not triggers, because triggers are bad. But, yeah. Um, And so today we have brought on a lovely lady who wrote a book called The Story Of, and it is a historical, by, by a lot, I can't say it, Biographical. I can't speak today for some reason. I, I don't know what's going on. Anyways, a historical biography slash fiction. I, I don't know. We'll figure that out real quick. But, anyways, her name is Miss Shirley Novak. And you know what? I'm just going to bring her on right now. How's
2: that? <clears throat> Hello, ma'am. Thank you for your patience. Hi. Hi, Chelsea.
0: Hello. Thank you for being here, Shirley. We appreciate you being here. If you could, please introduce yourself to our audience and possibly give something up about yourself that people don't know about you.
2: Okay. Well, um, I did not start out as an author. I started out in the medical industry as a research assistant in surgery. Um, I've always had a niche for writing When I was in the fourth grade, I had a teacher who told me I would someday be a great writer. He was so impressed with my writing, he made me read a poem to the entire school and said, don't ever stop writing. And even though I was nine years old, I never forgot that. So in writing my own term papers, my kids' term papers, things like that, I've never been published, but I've always had a desire to write. Uh, My father passed away in 1984. And at that time, I found out a lot about his life that I had never known. No one ever knew Hmm. because he was a very private man. And he had the beginning of a life that was so tragic and so horrible. And it devastated me when I found out the reality of his upbringing. So I always had it in me to write this book. Hmm. And um, I finally did. I sat down and wrote it. And I was able to get it published immediately, which was amazing, because you just can't go into Random House or Simon & Schuster, right? Right.
0: That's that's, that's And the- I didn't
2: want to self-publish, so I found out about hybrid publishing, and I went that route. And they did everything from soup to nuts, and it, it was a joy. It was a real joy. And so for me, writing the book and getting it published was actually easy. And I don't
0: have too many people that tell me that. Well, that's that's definitely true when it comes to getting it published. Because, again, like you said, you can't really go to this top five. Uh, let me ask you this real quick, Shirley. Um, yep. Because you went the hybrid way of publishing, and you said it was a little bit easier for you, can you explain to uh, some of our lucky indie authors that like to listen to us. What is the hybrid publishing route?
2: Um, I don't know if every hybrid publisher works the same way, but I came across the Fulton press and what they do, they did not charge to read my manuscript, which I felt was really an accomplishment to begin with. And um, they said, well, we'll call you in a few weeks and we'll let you know if we're going to sign you. And they called me in three days. And they said, we'd like to sign you. And the way they work is you put up some money up front, which Mm -hmm. I did not think was a lot of money at all for what they do. And they don't take a dime back until you've made your investment back. So I looked at it as a win-win situation. And nothing to lose. And I've been getting my residual checks every three months. I get a check from them. And, uh, you know, I mean, it hasn't taken off like wildfire, but um, it's it's done ex- exceptionally well. And the reviews have been outstanding. And I've been doing a lot of book clubs and trying to promote it as much as I can. I'm doing podcasts like with people like you. And when when the, when the computer allows me to. And, um, yeah, so it has been a labor of love. I've had so many professions in my life, and I consider them all to have been successful. But this is something I have total and complete control over, and I love it. And I love the people I'm meeting, and it's just been a glorious time of my life because I am no youngster, and I don't know what my next profession is going to be, but right now I'm on my second book. And I actually have a publisher that called me to ask if I would submit some pages to them because they're interested in publishing it. And that is not hybrid. That is like the regular routine of publishing. The traditional route. So I'm very excited about that. And this is a thriller. This is not a historical fiction. Okay. And so far, their reviews to me have been terrific. And I'm, I'm enjoying the writing really enjoying the writing.
1: That makes I, it easier. I believe it. <laughs> when you enjoy the writing, it makes it a lot easier. You can go a lot faster than if you're miserable and struggling to get through every page. I'm sure everybody has experienced that before.
2: Yeah, but you want you know something? I, I I ran into a stumbling block with this book, the second book, and the, the editor of the publishing company said, can I give you a suggestion? and I'm putting this out there cuz it made all the difference in the world. She there was a crime there was a crime in the book. And she said rather than having the crime in the middle of the book, start it on the first page. Mm-hmm. And I from that second on it it just flowed. It was such a brilliant suggestion because it it pulls the reader right in. Mm-hmm.
1: That's that- one of the great it, things with
2: you know Jane Patterson does you know, from, you know, from every page. Page one hundred before it starts to be enjoyable. And that's what I did. I started with the crime on the first page and it just came so easy after that. That I is cost what I had done up before, but it's okay. <laughs> and and anyone who, who says I can't, you can. <laughs> you can.
0: That is true. It, it, the only thing that keeps anybody from success is their mind, their mindset. And once you can say that, yes, I can do this, and you start doing it, then it, it's everything else is going to fall into place for I you. I
1: don't know. I disagree. I firmly believe that. Like, you can't do everything. I can go out and say, I want to go and become, you know, I want to do IT for the rest of my life. I don't like there's, there are just some people that can't, I know people right. that have always wanted to write a book and they just don't have it in them. So right. I don't think it's all about sending your mind to it. I think some people, if anybody, if everybody could do it, then everybody would. Okay. And so it then, again, minimizes I, it. If you say you can, I, anybody can do it.
0: I think
2: the failure is in
0: not trying. That's where I was going with it. I think that it's, let me, clari- let me clarify. Let me clarify what, what I mean by the uh, mindset In this case, I would say, as long as you have the mindset to work for it and learn the craft, it will make it easier for you to travel down this difficult road. Because it's not going to be easy. You're going to uh, turn into dealing with a lot of difficulties with it. But and yes, you're going to deal with these. You know, writer's block. You're going to have difficulties getting inspiration sometimes, but as long as you at least try to do it, then you'll at least understand whether or not you're willing to continue
1: doing it. Well, that's what I'm saying. Some people just don't like, you just, they don't have that makeup to do it because that's the fun part of writing. Right. Because like nobody can tell your story the way that you can. And if everybody could write a story, then it's not, it's not great anymore. But at the end of the day, like that's the reason why there's so many different types of people and so many different types mm-hmm. of books is because not everybody is supposed to be able to do the same thing.
2: But not that, everybody wants to be a writer.
1: Uh, no, nobody <laughs> should be a writer.
0: It's not <laughs> worth it's not. it. <laughs> it's not worth being a writer. <laughs> it's no. not
2: worth it. There's a reason journalism
1: is dead. Okay. Uh,
0: <laughs> that's true too. So let's, let's talk about the book a little bit in the sense of the road that you had to Go down to uh, to get this information, the research. And like you said earlier, uh, it it was difficult for you in a sense to try to get this information because of the fact that your father wasn't around anymore. And he was very and he never
2: would have admitted to any of this.
0: Exactly. So when you're going down this path of research going through and figuring out what's real, what's not, what were more, what were some of the more difficult parts of doing this? Was it more of the history research or the genealogical stuff?
2: Um, thank God for Siri.
0: <laughs> okay. The
2: internet. You know, I mean, it made it very easy for certain things. Mm-hmm. I went to Ellis Island Ooh. I found my father. I found all his records there. That was a pleasure, you know. Um, but most of the research was fairly simple. I, You know, it was a time of life when there was so much going on. You know, when you think of the beginning of the 20th century, how many things have changed or come to light since then? So there's so much information and it's so readily available that I found the research to be e- very easy. Um, y- you know, uh, what was painful for me was having to face the, the fact, that the truth of the book about all this, the struggles my father had mm-hmm. physically, emotionally, spiritually, and that he kept all this inside. Um it just, it, it bothered me. I wanted to put my arms around him and just, you know, make it better, but he always had a sadness about him and we never knew what it was. Of course, I had the misfortune of meeting his father mm-hmm. and stepmother, and they were as evil and horrible as anyone could imagine. And in my book, they're the only two names that have not been changed because they deserve to be put under the bus. They truly yeah. were evil people. And, um, you know, it, the, the one thing I learned from it was what not to ever be in my life. Like, don't mm. ever be that person. Um, speaking of, speaking of that. He was always a little sad, but he was very dignified and he was very humble. And um, he He don't make waves. That was his favorite expression. Don't make waves. He wouldn't even kill a bug. Mm. Say they're all God's creatures. I mean, I'd say, yeah, there's a bug. And he'd say, he'd take it outside and he'd say, they're all God's children. And he was a very giving man.
0: So let me, let's go through this just a little bit. Because obviously, you know, you actually meeting his father and stepmother, and them, obviously, like you said, were not the, they weren't great people in general. They weren't even good people. Um, They were, or at least what you allowed us to see of it, his father, Max, was a very selfish person. He was just there for himself, and that was it. So for you as a writer and dealing with this emotion of... Going through it, learning his story, and then having to write it, was there any difficulties w- for you as the writer when you were putting pen to paper? Or
2: yeah, however yeah. You, you
0: wrote it uh, per se?
2: Um, I, I remember coming downstairs one day, crying my heart out. And my husband said, why are you crying? And I, I said, because so-and-so died. So and so and he said, Yeah, but you're the one who killed her, you know? Yeah. But you you get involved with your characters. And she happened to have been a fictional character. But in my mind, she was real. She was very real. And um, <clears throat> excuse me, and just in going through some of the ups and downs of what really happened in 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 life, <clears throat> excuse me. It, it's, it was just heart-wrenching. And it was hard for me to write those parts of the book. The hardest part of the book, though, was ending it. You know, if you've written a book, you've written a book, they become your children, they become your babies, and it's hard to let it go. And I, I didn't want to let it go. So writing the last chapter was very hard for me. But, um, you know, I didn't mince words or try to make everything happy and joyful. There's a lot of misery in the book. And um, that was hard. That was hard. You know, it would affect me.
1: I'm the opposite. I love ending books. You love what? It's I love ending books. Like I love for them to be over, for that story to be done. That's actually my favorite part. The hardest part for me is putting the book together. I'm like, ugh. No, I got to do this all over. So then, doing that last page or that last chapter, I'm like, and now this one is out of my head. But it it is different for for every author and for every every series that you make in those types of things. So it has ending this one and going through that experience made you second guess wanting to do that second one, knowing you're gonna have to go through and be like, well, if I got to say guy I got to say goodbye to these guys now.
2: Yeah, but but the difference I think between me and from what I understand, other authors, I did not have an outline. I, I did not know from day to day where I was going with this story, honestly. Um, and I, I'm doing the same thing with my second book. I sit down and something comes to me and I just put pen to paper. But um, I did not have an outline. I didn't know how I was going to end the book until I ended it, and I didn't really know where the fictional substance of the book was going to be. It just evolved. It was like there was a hand guiding me, telling me what to do next. Um, So
0: so let me ask you this real quick, because when we're talking about such sensitive um, events and knowing that, you know, these things did actually happen, and then you said earlier that you had changed a lot of the names, except for obviously the, the two most evil people in this situation. Mean people. Mean people. Um, When you were actually going around and trying to figure out, for, for instance, the marketing part of your book, how – what's the word I want to say – Was there certain things that you had to make sure that you had to tell people about it comparative to certain things you needed to leave out? Because one of the things that we were talking about in the previous episode is dealing with those triggers, dealing with those situations that many people, if they happen to see this, it's going to bring up bad memories for them. So did you have to deal with any of that doing this by yourself or the publishers helping you?
2: Um, there, because it's historical fiction, when I do my book clubs and when I speak to people and they ask me, well, what part of the book is real and what part is fiction? Mm -hmm. uh, That's one of the best compliments I can have. And so people don't really know what part of the book is fictional because I leave them guessing. And I find that it's easier for me to deal with the fact that they're not really quite sure if my father was really raped or not or was this really my father because it's not his name. Mm-hmm. And um, So I, I guess, yeah, I mean, my family is a little appalled, <laughs> mm-hmm. but, they're, you know, like my, I have a brother who, who is a, a, a historian mm-hmm. and he's published 14 books and when I told him I was going to write a book and he said, do not, n- not fiction. Don't write fiction. Do your research, make it factual." And finally I, I said, no, I, I need to make a story. I, I need it to be a story. Mm-hmm. You write your book. I'll write my book. You know, I just, I just couldn't deal with making it more like a documentary or biography than I wanted it to be fiction. So when I deal with some of the worst parts of the book, not everyone knows that it's real, whether or not it's real or fiction. Mm-hmm. And I think that's how I best deal with it. Also, I have two brothers, and I was the baby, and they did not have the same relationship with my father that I had. I was the treasure. <laughs>
0: yeah. I'm sure Chelsea was the same way with her parents, too, you know. No? Oh, really?
1: I was the second eldest. Like, no, I was like the the babysitter. I was the one that somehow always got in trouble, even though it wasn't my fault. Like my oldest sister, 100 percent. And my little brother, the only boy out of four girls. Yeah, that's the one that was was the treasure. Yeah, because he had to
0: deal with four girls.
1: That little little one. Okay, I can't even say little. He's literally six, four. Like he is not little, but he is still spoiled. I still spoil him.
0: Oh, oh, so who's spoiling who? Okay, I gotcha. I got I'm allowed you. to
1: I'm the sister.
2: <laughs>
0: I'm not it's, even going there. A my mother
2: always wanted a girl, always wanted a girl. And she had two boys. So there's a ah. big difference between me and my older brothers. So when I was born, it was like, I was little Queen Shirley, you know, and my father, I was my father's little girl. Mm. However, uh, he had he had a big station wagon with a stick shift, and his clutch was always getting stuck. But yeah. I could go into his engine and unstick his clutch, and my brothers couldn't. And so he never gave them the car. He always gave it to me because I you mean, I actually... was more like a guy than a girl. <laughs> but um, I could do no wrong. I wish. <laughs>
0: Same here. Same you here. Oh, I, no. I would, she, yeah, me, I, I am not the baby. So in my, in my family, if we're talking about my adoptive family, yes, I am the youngest of three, uh, boys. But if we are talking about my bloodline, that's a totally different situation. I am the, I, gotta go. I am the third, yeah, I am the third, uh, eldest in my family so there are certain things that i wouldn't have been able to do i was a third out of nine so nine? nine yes uh my youngest my sister is the youngest out of all of us and she is 20 21 excuse me she's 21 now so let me ask you this uh just to finalize everything because one of the things that we have a difficulty as authors or just creators in general is that there's always somebody who's trying to scam you and dealing with all of these ads and how to help you out with all this, all of this. Is there any advice about not only the writing part and the publishing part that you give people, but also for people to look out for comparatively?
2: Oh yeah. I get, I get phone calls constantly and emails constantly from people who are telling me that I was referred to them and that they are a publishing company and they can put my book out there for the world to see. And, you know, and I get those at least one a week, you know, (laughs) beware, beware. These people are not legitimate. It's, you know, they want you to pay them to do what you've already done. Yeah. You know, um, I thought I, I could, you know, I, the company Fulton Press, they did some marketing and promoting, but clearly most of it is up to the author to do this themselves. So I foolishly went around to all the local bookstores around Boston and I gave each one of them a book and I gave them my reviews and not one of them carried the book. It was a waste of, it was a fool's errand. Right um so if you want to promote your book you have to you know you have to figure out what the best way is for you to do it if you have an agent Mm -hmm. you know who's going to set up um signings and and shows and things like that that's one thing but with your first book it's chances are you're not going to have an agent i'd say you know more than likely you're not And no one's going to listen to you because it's your first book. So I I think the best thing to do is uh, I, I do book clubs. And that's a great way to market yourself because word of mouth is really the best thing to do.
0: I would agree. I would definitely agree that I would say word of mouth is one of the it's a slow burn, but it's worth it. So Shirley, thank you for being on the show. We appreciate you being here. Thank please. you for having me. You're welcome. Uh, please
2: you the entire day with me.
0: actually. <laughs> 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 uh, don't worry about it. It's fine. Uh, please tell everybody where they can find you and where they can find yeah. your book.
2: It's on um, the easiest place to find it is on Amazon. It's on Barnes and Noble's online, um, iTunes, Apple um it's in audio kindle paperback hardcover and uh any you know if you go into your library and they don't have it they'll order it and actually that's been great all it took was some of my neighbors to go into the local library and ask for the book and they ordered it that's awesome okay where can they find you at where can they find me yes they can find me um, on Twitter at, at Shirley underscore Novak. They can find me on Facebook, Shirley Novak Author. They can find me on S O B O N O E at AOL.com. That's sobno at AOL.com. Um and just about you can find me at my house. <laughs>
0: <laughs> find us. She can find you everywhere. That's where we can find her.
2: I mean,
0: I'm there. Well, again, I'm on
2: Google.
0: There you go. Well, again, we appreciate you being here very much. Thank you. Thank you so much. I
2: appreciate
0: your patience. Thank
2: Uh, you.
0: So, everybody, thank you for being here. We appreciate you. Unfortunately, you know, uh, Chelsea had to leave a little bit early for a meeting, but it's okay. You still had me. You still had Miss Shirley. It's okay. So, after, out of this i would definitely say again like we did before you know watch where you're putting this up make sure that people that are trying to get a hold of you are legit so that way you don't have to worry about all these spam ads that are coming your way or these uh ads that are not really going to be ads at all and they're just scams um uh, and we also want to make sure again that If there are certain things that are in your writing, in your book, make sure that you look and see what you actually have to do when you are subjecting your book to readers. Make sure if you do have something that is one of those five major triggers to let people know about it first, because we don't always want to run into a book and saying, Oh, I was not ready for this, but you know what? Again, it just depends on what the rules are out there again. Cause again, they're always changing on us almost at weekly, almost daily actually. But just know whenever, wherever you load it up, make sure that you are going by what they're wanting you to uh, upload in terms of the terms, the tags, all this other stuff. And then of course, Just make sure that you're being safe and that you're willing, whatever you're willing to put out there is what you are happy with. Because that's the most important thing, is that you are happy with your writing as well. So, until next time, make sure to follow us at beyondthepenpodcast.com, where you can find... All of our links for our social medias. You can read the bios from me and Chelsea, as well as listen to a variety of the previous hundred episodes. I can't believe we actually had over a hundred episodes now because of you guys. Thank you very much for that. We appreciate you. And again, if this was your first time being here, we thank you for being here. Please come back and join us on our next episode. And of course, for those who continuously come and uh, listen to these episodes, thank you again for supporting us. We truly, truly appreciate you. And until next time, remember to keep writing Keep inspiring, keep sharing, and keep unleashing your creativity. Hey, folks, that's a wrap for this episode of Beyond the Pen. We hope you enjoyed listening as much as we enjoyed creating it. If you'd like to stay connected and up to date with everything Beyond the Pen, follow us on Twitter at Beyond the Pen Pod and Instagram at Beyond the Pen Podcast. For even more content and exclusive access to our guest profiles and more, make sure to visit our website at beyondthepenpodcast.com.